The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Mythology Explained YouTube channel. Please note that there are two narrators for this podcast, myself, Silas, and Zach. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Mythology Explained. In today's video, we're going to discuss a couple chapters from the Iliad that culminate in the gods attacking each other and plays out with all the excitement of a tavern brawl and all the drama of a soap opera. The gods are summoned to Olympus, where Zeus bathes them to descend to the mortal plane, to join the Trojan War directly, supporting each side so that Achilles' frenzied killing spree doesn't result in the burning of Troy before the city's destruction is officially sanctioned by the fates. This ends in an all-out brawl in which the gods clash in a series of duels. Hephaestus uses his unquenchable fire to combat the raging rapids of Scamander, a river god. Ares and Athena meet in a vicious melee. Apollo is unmanned by Poseidon and slinks away with his tail between his legs. Hera humiliates Artemis, and Hermes yields to Leto, explaining that, even if he wins, Zeus won't look too kindly on him beating one of his lovers black and blue. Let's get into it. Beyond the various instances in which various gods support either the Trojans or the Greeks, we know for certain which gods fought for which side from a passage near the beginning of chapter 20 of the Iliad. Zeus instructs Themis to call the gods to council. Virtually every god answers the call, even the thousands of river gods and countless nymphs. You see, Achilles was a juggernaut of rage and wrath, and Zeus feared that the hero's impending onslaught would decimate the Trojans and raise the walls of Troy before the decree of the fates had officially been proclaimed. To ensure everything proceeded in accordance with fate, Zeus bade the gods to join the war and make certain that what unfolded stayed on script. Hera, Athena, Poseidon, Hermes, and Hephaestus went to reinforce the Greeks, and Ares, Apollo, Artemis, Aphrodite, Leto, and Scamander went to reinforce the Trojans. Both Ares and Athena bellowed cries of war, emboldening their respective sides. Zeus shook the sky with booming claps of thunder, and Poseidon shook the earth with trembles and quakes. Even Hades, ensconced in his chthonic palace, feared that the earth above might split open. Now walking amongst the ranks of mortal soldiers, the gods were poised to fight. They nearly engaged each other then and there, a cataclysmic conflict of the divine, the likes of which wouldn't have been seen since the Titan War. But it wasn't yet time. Achilles charged forward with startling speed and ferocity, indomitable, almost as if he was a conduit for death's grim power. Apollo chose Aeneas to oppose Achilles, urging him on, filling him with strength, and the two heroes became locked in combat. Hera was ready to enhance Achilles in much the same way, but Poseidon restrained her, counseling that the Greek forces were much stronger and that the moment didn't warrant their intervention. The gods who supported the Greeks then distanced themselves from the din and bedlam of the fighting, electing instead to watch from a remote vantage point up high allowing the war to temporarily progress without their involvement. However, if the gods who supported the Trojans interfered directly with Achilles' advances on Troy, then they would re-engage and bring to bear their full might against the interlopers, kin though they were. Aeneas would have fallen to Achilles' sword, but he honored the gods all his life, pouring libations and burning sacrifices, so Poseidon thought it unjust for him to die pushed into the impossible task of withstanding Achilles and being cut down before fate deemed it was time. Despite championing the Greeks, 
Poseidon descended like a hawk from a tall branch and cast a mist around Achilles' eyes, momentarily blinding him. He whisked Aeneas away, bearing him to the rear guard, and when they alighted, he ordered Aeneas to disengage and fall back any time he found himself pitted against Achilles, against whom only death awaited. The war seethed, everywhere weapons clashed, blood spilled, and soldiers screamed their final breaths. Hector and Achilles entered each other's paths. Hector hurled his spear, but it was effortlessly blown away by Athena. Achilles raced forward, all savage lethality, but Apollo plucked Hector from the battlefield and bore him aloft to safety. Not a one amongst the Trojans could resist Achilles' onrush. He was a storm of sword and spear. His killing reached a sort of crescendo when he killed so many people that a nearby river turned red and its flow became obstructed by sodden corpses. This is a pivotal moment because it is here that all the gods are drawn into the fighting. The god of this bloody and blocked river was none other than Scamander, one of the gods who descended from Olympus to support the Trojans. That his waters were transformed into a mass grave aroused his ire, so he set his flow against Achilles. If you recall from earlier, the gods who supported the Greeks sidelined themselves, but stated they would join the fray if any of the gods on the Trojan side directly impeded Achilles. Scamander's rapid surged, bent towards pulling Achilles, who was overmatched, down and drowning him. Achilles bewailed his fate, crying to all the world that the gods had deceived him, that they had promised him glory only to allow some swelling and swirling river to swallow him whole. But such a death, of course, was not to be his fate. Poseidon and Athena came to his side and spoke words of encouragement to him, filling him with a strength beyond his own. Fortified, Achilles pressed forward and made to attack the very heart of the river, but still, the situation would have gone ill for him were it not for Hephaestus unleashing his fire. Here is where everything boils over and comes to a head. Fire exploded from Hephaestus, blazing and blackening the land in every direction. Scamander was engulfed, and the blistering heat that suffused him boiled his currents, like water in a cauldron or fat melting in a pan. The river retreated, and then the other gods began to fight. Ares charged Athena, but she dodged his attack and countered by hurling a boulder at his head. She scored a direct hit, and Ares crumpled to the ground in a heap of limbs and armor. Victorious, Athena gloried over her fallen brother, spitting insults at him. Aphrodite tried to haul away the body of her beaten lover, but she didn't get far. Athena attacked her, hammering her with clenched fist blows. She collapsed next to Ares, and Athena yelled, Down you go! May all the gods who helped the Trojans fall as hard. Poseidon and Apollo came face to face. Poseidon explained that it would be a shame for them to return to Olympus unbloodied. He explains that he's wiser and more cunning, and extends the courtesy of allowing Apollo to make the first move. He then scolds Apollo in an angry tirade. He recounts how Zeus sent them to slave for King Laomedon for a whole year, how they built the walls of Troy for promised wages, and how, when the time came to pay, Laomedon reneged on his promise and paid them nothing. His torrent of invective ends with him expressing how ridiculous it is that Apollo supports those whose former king deceived and duped him, not even paying a penny for a whole year's worth of toil. Apollo responds by explaining the ridiculousness of being drawn into fighting over the business of mortals. 
He turns and leaves, but his departure is harried by a diatribe from his sister, who slings insults his way at every step. She says, So, the deadly immortal archer runs for dear life, turning over victory to Poseidon, total victory, giving him all the glory here without a fight. Why do you sport that bow, you spineless fool? It's worthless as the wind. Don't let me hear you boast in father's halls ever again, as you bragged among the gods till now, that you would fight Poseidon strength for strength. Though Apollo slinks away without returning any jibes or jeers, Artemis's outburst provokes Hera, prompting her to let loose a harangue of her own. Here's what she says. How do you have the gall, you shameless bitch, to stand and fight me here? You and your archery. Zeus made you a lion against all women, true. He let you kill off mothers in their labor, but you'll find it painful, matching force with me. Better to slaughter beasts on rocky mountain slopes and young deer in the wild than fight a higher goddess. But since you'd like a lesson in warfare, Artemis, just to learn, to savor how much stronger I am when you engage my power. The exchange that follows conjures up an image of a mother disciplining her daughter. Hera defangs Artemis, stripping the huntress of her bow and quiver, who then has her ears boxed, and now dominated and humiliated, she begins to cry and runs away. The potential battle between Hermes and Leto is nipped in the bud by Hermes' pragmatism. He defers to Leto, explaining that fighting with Zeus's lovers is a no-win situation. He'll either be defeated or he'll win and thereby incur Zeus's wrath. Leto picks up her daughter's bow and arrows and departs. And with that, the battle ended. Artemis returns to Olympus, sits on Zeus's lap, and cries like a young girl who has skinned her knee. Apollo returns to Troy, where the state of things seems so dire that Troy might fall before fate's decree. And Achilles, his advance as implacable as the tides, continued to cut through the Trojans. And that's it for this video. If you enjoy the content, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. As always, leave your video suggestions down below.